things that you do, the reading that you do, the studying that you do, doing the research on the internet, it's a compounding effect. And so even though you might not see it in a week or in two weeks or in a year, if you stick with it, you will start to see it pay off. And so that's really another big point for entrepreneurs is don't worry if you're at level, if you feel like you're at level A, keep on working, do small bites. It does not have to be something huge, but do small steps all the time. And then you will start to see things start to blossom and dots will start connecting and things that didn't make sense before all of a sudden make sense. Hello, visionaries, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders of all types. Hi, my name is John Miles, and I wanted to welcome you to this episode of the Passion Struck Podcast, where it is my job to interview high achievers from all walks of life and unlock their secrets and lessons to becoming passion struck. The purpose of our show is to serve you, the listener, by giving you lessons, tools, and activities that you can use to achieve a passion-driven life. Now, let the journey begin. Today, we have a great episode for you with Madura Verity, and she and I talk about a ton of entrepreneurial topics today and go into how do you stop self-sabotaging your life, her three keys for living her own life, and the success triangle that she coaches entrepreneurs on. We discuss vibrational energy and how that vibrational energy make such an impact in either you having a positive outcome or a negative one. We also talk about what it means to live a pinball life and go over the bee and turtle effect. But before I go into her background, I wanted to read a quote from her. Medora says, when you get up from being ground in the dirt, you're more likely to grow. And it's that quote that we used as the basis for today's interview. And she'll talk to you more about how through COVID-19, she had to stop her event business, start her new business that she's now focused on, and so much more. Let me tell you a little bit more about Maduri. As a mindset coach, TV show host, and seasoned entrepreneur for 25 years, Madura Verity assists ambitious professionals to unlock their potential by replacing their subconscious mental barriers. Her clients go from being stuck and overwhelmed to enjoying soaring levels of success. Midori is the CEO and co-founder of Fuel to Fire Entrepreneur Group, focused on helping members achieve massive goals using the Entrepreneur Success Triangle. This approach implements accountability systems and coaching. You may have seen Midori on CBS, Fox News, and Thrive Global. And I'm so excited today for you to hear this amazing woman and her thoughts today on mindset and so much more. Now, let's get on with the show. I am so excited today to have Midori Verity with me on the show. Midori, thank you so much for joining us and for being here on Passion Struck. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited for the conversation that we're going to have. Well, I am too. And I'm going to start this out a little bit different than I have in previous episodes. I know COVID-19 has impacted so many businesses. And I have a personal friend who would go to these major conferences and conventions. And his whole multi-million dollar business was helping vendors set up their booths so that they could 
have the best experience possible. And when events started to get canceled, his multi-million dollar business evaporated in actually just a couple of weeks. And your quote that I gave at the beginning of this episode meant so much to me when I heard about his story because he actually had to climb out of the dirt or hole that he was in. And he decided to really focus on something new, something that he was passionate about that he could do as a gap and potentially as a complete change in his career. And so he went out and got certified in all aspects with the Coast Guard of being a captain where he can now use his um, his boat that he has and take guests all over Tampa Bay, whether it's fishing or on different tours. And I know for you, you also had an event company that got disrupted. So I thought this was a good lead in for you telling the audience what happened to you and how you had to overcome it. Yeah. And, and I love that he went after, you know, he, he had one career that he thought was going to be, you know, what it, what it was, but then when this, he got knocked out from the knees, he was able to look at his passion and go after that because that's always going to be the right direction when you can align your passion and your drives and what you love. So I love that. That's what he did. For me, it was similar. We, uh, my husband and I have a number of businesses and the one that is our largest company is an events company and our clientele is Silicon Valley. And what happened overnight is we thought that we were going to have the best year ever. We were already on a trajectory. We could see the numbers. We had events planned. It was going to be a great year until it wasn't. And, you know, overnight when we all got shut down, and Silicon Valley changed the way that they were doing business and they weren't getting together either. All of a sudden we were giving back tens of thousands of dollars. And from that point, we had, you know, we didn't, at that point, PPP was not brought up. We had, from our perspective, we thought, oh my gosh, we need to come up with something really fast. Otherwise we are going to be in big fat trouble. And so luckily I've had so much work or I've done so much work in mindset and in core values that I was able to look for opportunities. And what I decided was we're going to start a company that is based on the need of what's going on right now. My desire to help entrepreneurs. What I was seeing is there's so many, there were so many entrepreneurs that were hit with what was going on that they were freezing and they were scared and they didn't know what to do. And there's so much fear involved that they couldn't see opportunities. And so one thing that I wanted to do was go from working one to one and go into one to many so that I could serve way more clients, entrepreneurs, but at an affordable rate. And so that's where I just started thinking, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And, and um, I ended up partnering with a woman named Erin Joy who is, I've respected her for so long and she's an award-winning business consultant and she's helped amazing companies grow and sell and do all kinds of things. But she and I partnered because one thing that I've become very clear on is what I'm really good at, what I call my zone of genius. You know, what, so what zone of genius is, is what are you naturally good at and what do you skill that from your experiences and what do you love to do? So that's your zone of genius. So I know that really well. I also know what I really stink at. 
And what I stink at is organization and details. She's brilliant. Erin's brilliant at that. So we came together, we discussed what we felt entrepreneurs needed the most to be successful and to pivot and change and get to this whole new level and do it consistently. And so that's when we created Fuel the Fire that arose out of this whole pandemic. And I'll tell you, I love it. It's it's on fire right now. We're doing really, really well. We're getting a lot of entrepreneurs into the program and we're seeing big shifts with these entrepreneurs. But basically what it came down to was, was finding a need, finding the opportunities and being in alignment with three values of my own, which is my passion, my, what drives me, you know, that goes along with passion, my zone of genius and what makes me tick. So those things needed to be in alignment. And that's, that is what we've done. Yes. I I like that idea of that concept of the triangle. And I happen to be listening to podcasts. I I listen to them all the time. It's one of my favorite things. Um, But I, two of my favorite uh, hosts are actually Tom Billyu and Lewis Howes. And a few weeks ago, Lewis Howes actually had Tom on his show. It took me a long time to get through it because it was actually almost 200 minutes of content. Wow. Um, wow. So it, it took me multiple walks, but I listened to the whole, whole thing. Um, but I do have to say there was something I, I heard Tom say on there that I disagreed with him on when I heard it. And um, I did a whole um, episode of the podcast not too long ago where I did it on my six secrets to finding your passion. And in there, one of the things that I said, and it's similar in lines to what you just brought up, is that oftentimes we let beliefs get on our way. And so I tell people to focus on their values versus their beliefs. And what caught my interest when I heard Tom talk about this is he was talking about a belief cycle and how he felt it was more important than values. So I kind of just wanted to take this opportunity since you brought it up to maybe you and I have a a conversation about this. Um, How do you see values as being different from beliefs? And then I'll go into it after you. Yeah, no, I love this topic. Okay. So beliefs, I will tell you this right now, John, so many of my clients, when I'm just doing the one-on-one consulting, come to me because their beliefs are sabotaging them. Their beliefs, when we, so many people have beliefs such as, I don't have enough knowledge to to do this, that, or the other thing. I'm not smart enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm too old. I'm too young, right? So these are all beliefs. Often, you know, it could be from most of the beliefs that we have are from when we're younger. And what happens is as we get older, the beliefs that we developed from our younger age no longer serve us. So I agree with you that beliefs can take us down the wrong path. Whereas values, that's something true to your core, right? If you have a value, um, you know, core value, that's something that makes your heart sing. That's something that we protect when you, if you think about the arguments that you get in with your significant other, you know, the big, big arguments or with a close friend that helps identify your core values. And we protect that with everything that we have. And so John, yes, I absolutely agree with you that if you can focus 
on your core values versus just your beliefs, you're going to serve yourself a lot more. But I, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say about it too. Something that you you said is a fact is your beliefs kind of start with who your parents are, what zip code you come from, you know, what social economic environment you've you've been brought into. And what I find the problem with beliefs is they are what society is telling you. They're what your friends are telling you. They're what you hear on social media. They're what you heard from those groups of people when you were at a young age. And they can be so self-limiting. Whereas, as you said, uh, values are something that's completely ingrained in your DNA. Um, You know, for me, one of my biggest values is ski or be skied. It's, it's one of my favorite sayings because, you know, it's so true. Um, and that's why whether it's mindset, fixed perceptions, or whatever they are, one of the biggest things that anyone can do and, and why I disagreed with Tom is because if you have those self-limiting beliefs, you've got to get that narrative out of your head or you're going to be stuck. And that's why I always say, trust the values because they're the core of your DNA. They're that innate promise that you're making to yourself. And as long as you stick to those, you can start changing those beliefs, changing the influences and activities and people who are giving them to you and start focusing on rechanging those beliefs through your values. So uh, that's how I kind of look at it. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Yeah. When you have the wrong beliefs or beliefs that don't serve you, your behavior supports that. Right. And so then your results support that. So if you have an unhealthy belief, you're going to stay stuck in this, this unhealthy cycle, getting the results that you don't want. But if it's true to your values, then you're going to be serving as such a deeper part of you. That's more in alignment with who you want to be, the type of world that you want to have. And so then those results start building up your self-confidence. They help you feel like you're stepping into the right person and doing the right thing. And it starts building more of a positive result. So I agree. I think that that's an incredibly valuable concept to remember when you're making your big decision, when we're going through a 2020, right? And we have to pivot or even big decisions in our, in our lives, whether it's with relationships, whether it's in our career, whatever it is, if you can stay true to your values, it's going to take you down the right path. On that same line, why do you think people struggle so much with having a narrative with themselves? Because I see this all the time. Um, people get so consumed with their busy lives that the one person they don't end up talking to is themselves. And, and I, it's plagued so many people from reaching their goals. Why do you think that's such a struggle? From when we're, because what happens is, as we've talked about in a, a second ago, is that we carry these beliefs and these thoughts and what we believe to be true from when we're young. So we don't question it because we believe it's true, right? So if you had a teacher that told you you weren't good in math, um, or if you had a coach that said, you know, you're really not, you're really not an athlete because maybe you had a bad day or they had a bad day, um, or you have some, some issues from parents, it, it stays with us because we're so formable when we're young and we believe that 
And sometimes even the beliefs from when we're younger were there to protect us. If we stay quiet, we won't get in trouble, right? So then we hide our voice. If we stay small, then no one's going to notice us and we won't embarrass ourselves. So we create this world, this kind of this fake world that we stay in. As long as we stay within these boundaries, we're safe from ridicule, we're safe from um, from failure, all of that. And so that's what happens. There's a book uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz called The Four Pillars. Have you heard of that, John? I have. Yeah. And it's it's just a really simple book, but that's what he outlines is that all of us have these rules, these beliefs that keep us, that can keep us stuck. I mean, if as long as we play by these rules and we stay in this little box, we're safe from this, that, or the other thing. But what happens is for those who probably are listening to this podcast is that they want something much bigger, right? So, but in order to get that, you have to go outside of your box and that's scary. That's stretchy. That's pushing out of your comfort zone. And so either you can choose to stay in that box and not push yourself. And the longer you do that, the more your self-confidence is going to go down. Often it leads to depression and it's just not a healthy place to be. But once you start pushing yourself out, it's scary, but then it gets easier and easier and you start seeing positive results and you start feeling more confidence and you start getting reinforced. Sometimes you might be knocked down, but then if you can get back up, it's like building a muscle. You learn to do it again. And so that's one thing that I, I think is so powerful is if you can remember that, if you're noticing, you know what, I really want this up here but I'm feeling fearful here and I'm feeling stuck here. What can I do to help myself get up to this level or, or go do this thing? What steps can I take? And when you can identify that type of behavior, that type of attitude, that type of belief, like you mentioned, John, then you can start addressing it and changing it. You know, even writing it down, I'm feeling scared to do X, Y, or Z because I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid that someone will ridicule me, whatever it is. And when you write it down and you see it, it just makes it easier to deal with. And then you can come up with your action steps on how to change it. And that's really powerful. Yeah. You know, I find that so much today, instead of having that self-narrative, we end up, end up going out and asking friends, colleagues, others for permission to do what we want to do with our lives. And it's completely backwards because, you know, a lot of times those people may not know what your true qualities are, because I think we oftentimes suppress qualities because of who we're around. And often we don't let those most vulnerable aspects of who we are come across because we're afraid of what others may see if we let them. And I think so many people live when I call these portfolio lives or portfolio careers where they're doing things that they think society is expecting of them or giving them permission to do instead of really looking inside themselves on what they want to do and having that self-dialogue, which comes you know, from those values, et cetera. You know, I will tell you, and, and maybe it's the same uh, with the company you guys have started. If, if I was listening to everyone around me, and had suck out, you know, seeked out everyone's opinion, I would have never started Passion Struck because most people would, would have told me I was crazy to even 
go down this path um, of, of doing it. And had I listened to them, um, which I, I didn't, you know, I went, instead of asking people if I should do it, I asked the question in a little bit different way of what do you think are some of the biggest inhibitors today that are causing people not to have success? And I started listening to what are those obstacles, stuck points, et cetera, that are keeping people where they are and not pursuing their dreams. And so I kind of threw that backed into testing the points I wanted to do with Passion Struck instead of telling people, now I'm going to develop a company where I'm going to help millions around the world make passion go viral. Most people would have said, you're absolutely out of your mind and this thing is never going to work. But I kind of took it at, you know, there are some huge societal issues right now that are going on and negativity and getting and people stuck with apathy, indifference, you know, showmanship are getting so much in the way of living this, this life that they could have. And I think that that's something we both share in common is we're trying to help, you know, whether it be an entrepreneur or, or you know, a, a future leader or a current leader, change their direction and use those four pillars to explore life in a different way. Um, can, can you tell me, you know, some stories using that as a backdrop of how you're helping people through what you're doing and some of the changes that you're seeing and results that are coming about from it. There's a client that we have right now in Feel the Fire, and she was a, she's in the nonprofit world. And right before COVID hit, well, so she and five other people had joined together to start their own nonprofit and help. Well, I don't know exactly what their their um, goal was, but they were in the events business, and they had a deal with the United Nations to do a $300,000 event that happened to be in April of 2020. And so they had just started, that was kind of their, that was gonna launch them and that disappeared. And so as Erin actually dealt with this particular woman and as she discussed what was going on and, and what was happening in their organization, it became clear from an outsider's expert experience that it was time for a change for her because she started to do things that were sabotaging the business because she needed to survive. And so at that point, Erin told her, she said, you know, you really need to just be honest, be transparent. You need to dissolve this organization. You need to go talk to your other uh, partners and it's time for you to go off on your own and start over, throw in the towel, start over, and then you're going to thrive. So that was a big shift for her. That was a big deal because she was in charge of that boat, right? She was a lead on that organization. And she had to go back and say, look, guys, we didn't expect this to happen, but now we, it's, it has failed and it's time for us to move on, on our separate ways. So what it did was a couple of things. One, it stopped a sinking ship. Uh, you know, I'm sure, John, you've seen, I, I heard this once from um, Brian Tracy. He said, don't throw good money after bad money. And that stuck with me. And that was very true. That's what they were doing. And so now what she's been able to do is to go down a new path and start her own thing, where now she's starting to see traction and she can see the future. And she's not being held back by this baggage that isn't working anymore. 
So that's one big story that um, where we've seen a big transformation. Going back a little bit, I had a client that I worked with. She was a very, very successful district DA in Silicon Valley. And we talked about stories. So I'm going to bring this one up. She had been raised by a mother who was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And, you know, she told me stories of having to go pick her mom up from jail to bail her out. She, this, this, my client had to get a taxi This is before Uber go. I don't know how she got the money, but somehow she got the money to bail her mom out of jail and bring her home. Many times she had to help her mom up to bed. I mean, she was the caretaker at, from a young, young age of this mom who couldn't take care of herself. Fast forward, she ended up marrying a man, um, was married to him for 23 years. He was a very successful judge at a young age. Mm-hmm. And what was happening was he was a narcissist. But what happens for a lot of people is that they want to be cared for. And this is, again, going back to that narrative that we start from when we're younger. She needed someone to take care of her. That was a story that she had, right? Because she did. From a young age, she needed someone to be there to take care of her. So she found this man who wasn't the healthiest for her. And she didn't have a voice at that point because it was safer for her to play small. And so anyway, they were married for 23 years. She said they did not have one argument, but she was extremely unhappy. So finally she divorced him. She ended up in another bad narcissistic relationship. And at that point, she's around 48 years. So 48 years of this pattern, of this story, of this narrative, and she didn't see it. So by the time she came to me, she's like, Midori, I'm so unhappy. My kids are having a hard time. I don't know what to do. And basically what I told her is, if you go back to this gentleman, we're not going to work together. And that was kind of that where she ran into a wall where she's like, wow, that was eye-opening, just that, that point. But then we worked on creating this awareness for her so she could see the pattern, so she could understand it and recognize it every time it popped up to see the type of person that she was gravitating towards and how it wasn't serving her so that she could create a new story. We really worked on that quite a bit, creating a new story that served her much better. It's been about six months since we worked together and we only did a 90 day sprint together. And now she's with a gentleman who is just delightful. They get together with all the kids. They go on vacation. She is happy. She is living this whole new life and she's feeling fulfilled and happy. And so that's the power that we can have once we recognize the beliefs that we have that aren't serving us anymore and learning the steps on how to change it. But the first step always is awareness. So those are a couple of stories. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, ironically, one of the biggest groups of people um, that I have been helping out are professional athletes. And I had a, a really good friend uh, who had played uh, 12 seasons in the NFL. And unfortunately, he passed away not too long ago, but um, he taught me a number of things about professional athletes. Um, but specifically in the NFL, most players never hit three years. And there are many reasons for that. Um, but the, the typical span of them playing is two or three years. And so he told me, you know, when he was in his rookie season, 
he was smart enough to realize he might not make it another year or so. And so he started going out and trying to meet as many business contacts as he could because he did not understand business, knew that his career in in the NFL was going to be a a short period of his overall life. And he didn't know when it was going to end. So he started out and trying to learn new things, um, every opportunity that, that he got. And so when he was about six, seven years in the league, he ended up forming a company that was doing investment into real estate restaurants and other things that was starting to parallel his own income. But what I learned from our many discussions was there are so many athletes out there who don't have a plan B. And many of them come out and they set up um, a charity or a nonprofit organization of, of some sort, but out of that don't know how to manage their money, are passionate, passionate lists outside of, you know, what got them to that point, which has been this career. And so many of the things that uh, we're talking about or what I try to, to help them with is how do you start thinking about your life? You know, you can still use being a professional athlete um, as a foundational aspect, but yes, you're going to absolutely have to start changing and you're going to have to start changing beliefs about yourself, just as we talked about. And that narrative and your mindset because things are going to change. And those players who've been very successful at making that leap have done just that is they use their professional career kind of as a foundational point, but they realize and they do the work that they're going to have to do those changes to take them to the next level and to unlock their greatness as they step into their next phase. So as you work with your clients and as you've mentored, you know, hundreds of entrepreneurs over the years, do you see certain patterns that keep coming back and back? It really is rather simple from what I see is that it's, it's that storyline, right? They get into these patterns and they're like, I don't know why I can't create a successful business. I don't know why I can't get to seven figures you know, I've been trying, I've been working so hard and they are, they're working super hard. They're super busy, but they're focusing on the wrong things and they're self-sabotaging themselves and they're not aware of it. Right. Cause I mean, I know so many entrepreneurs who are always saying, gosh, I'm so busy. I have no time for anything. And so they don't have time to get clear on what's really going on and to recognize the patterns because they're just so busy being busy. That's, that's one huge thing that I, I see for entrepreneurs. And what happens is when we don't give ourselves enough grace to take a step back and to breathe and to really get a good perspective of what is going on and to create an, a new awareness, we'll stay stuck in that pattern because that habit of being busy is simply a habit, right? And that stops our brain. I see this a lot also with people who um, have some mental trauma from childhood or, you know, not that there's a correlation, but it's just kind of this pattern. And as long as you're staying busy, you don't have to really face the stuff that scares you because you don't have time. And so that's one thing that I see with the entrepreneurs is that they're focusing on the wrong things and they're not taking the steps to really zone in on what's going to change their patterns and help them get to that next level. 
So once, you know, when we start working together, that's why the mindset part is so important and recognizing the behaviors, recognizing the beliefs, and then working to reprogram that and having accountability element incorporated in so that when you start going, something happens and you start retreating back to your old patterns, because that's what we all do. You have that accountability element involved with your path so that you stay on this new um, blueprint, this new map that you've created so that it becomes, that becomes your new habit. And then you start seeing success and then you start seeing change and it happens over time and then it becomes easier. And then this new reality becomes something that you can actually see and feel and it starts happening. So that's a common pattern that I see with entrepreneurs. Get ready to supercharge your hiring experience with Indeed, our fantastic partner. We at PassionStruck are all about seeking smarter, more efficient ways to do things. And Indeed perfectly aligns with this philosophy when it comes to hiring. It's more than just a job site. It's a comprehensive platform that revolutionizes the way you find the perfect candidates. With its powerful matching engine and over 350 million global monthly visitors, Indeed streamlines the hiring process, bringing top talent straight to you. No more sifting through endless unqualified resumes. Indeed does the heavy lifting just for you. And what I love about Indeed is its ability to centralize all your hiring activities. From scheduling interviews and screening applicants to messaging candidates, it's all in one place. During my career, I've hired thousands of employees, and I only wish I had Indeed's efficiency and speed back then. And here's a fact that absolutely blows my mind. 93% of employers... According to a recent survey, saying Indeed delivers the best quality matches over other job sites. That's quality and speed hand in hand. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash PassionStruck. Just go to Indeed.com slash PassionStruck right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash PassionStruck. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know all those discount codes are difficult to remember, so we put them all at passionstruck.com slash deals. Now, back to Passionstruck. Well, it's interesting you bring all of this up because um, two days ago, I recorded my solo episode for next week, and um, it's on the concept of stop living a pinball life. And for me, growing up, lots of people have favorite arcade games that they play. For me, I always loved pinball. And for me, the game of pinball is very much like the game of life in that there are so many distractions that the game creators throw at you, whether it's the lights, the noise, the bumpers, the ever-changing you know, ramps that seem to come out of nowhere that you can try to figure out the pattern for that uh, make them come alive, but oftentimes you're, you're so consumed with everything around you, you don't understand it. And I think so many people today get stuck living a pinball life where there's so much of our attention is being caught on all those things around us that appear to be urgent, the noise, the lights, the bumpers, et cetera, that we're missing out on actually how to play the game um, and perfecting that game. And it made me start thinking about a discussion I was having with uh, entrepreneur Jim McKelvey. And in our discussion, you know, he has worked with literally thousands of entrepreneurs 
And as we were talking, he said the thing that he sees most entrepreneurs and you know CEOs of companies, creators, visionaries, whatever you want to be, get in their way is they typically launch and become passionate about something because they have found a problem that's worth solving that someone before them hasn't. And so they get this huge passion, but then as you're describing and as this pinball life describes, they start losing that focus and they start getting involved with the minutia of things that are around them that are distracting them from focusing on the main thing and keeping that main thing the most important aspect of what they're pursuing. And he said that more than anything leads to the demise of so many ideas, entrepreneurs, and and companies. It's letting the game of pinball play you instead of you learning how to play the game. And I think, you know, your example couldn't be more right. If, if you want to live this purpose-driven life, if you want to get out there and achieve, you've got to take control of that game. And that starts with getting out of those habits, making the choice that you're going to change and then doing something about it. Unfortunately, I, I see it even more so today And I think it has to do with the all digital future that's all around us. And that the fact that there's even more distractions that are taking us away from that time that we could be spending with ourselves. Um, Do you have any advice for someone and and that you give them about, about this topic and how you deal with those external distractions? Yes, 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 yes. And so when you and I were talking a few weeks ago, we talked about this process called OKRs. And what it is about is about goal setting. And so the O stands for objectives and the KR stands for key results. And I won't go into too much detail on it, but really what it's about is being super duper clear on what your big objective is, what your big focus is. And John Dewar is the person who has really expanded this whole teaching and this concept of OKRs. But he talks about aspirational goals and he talks about committed goals, but your aspirational goal is that one that's in alignment with your passion and what moves you and what's the mission of your organization. And you want to make sure that you always have that visible for yourself psychologically, but also physically. And so you always see, okay, this is my big fat objective that I need to be focusing on. And so that what happens with the, with the KRs, those are, that's pretty much your blueprint of how you're going to achieve this big objective, how you're going to reach it. And what I love about the system when you implement it into your business and even into your own life is that it forces you to stay focused on that big objective so that when these distractions come out of left, right, center field, which always happens as an entrepreneur. You can't avoid it, but you have tools in place. You have systems in place to help you stay focused on the end result and be able to prioritize things so that you aren't getting getting off track for too long by these distractions. Did you know that Forbes magazine recently cited that 70% of individuals who do personal development, masterminds, and one-on-one coaching benefited from better work performance, increased communication skills, and overall better relationships. And we at PassionStruck are obsessed with self-development 
coaching and mentorship. That is why we've created a free resource to help you unlock your hidden potential. Because people doing great things in business and life are just like you, only they've had a coach along the way. And we've got that covered too. Let us show you the systems and frameworks that we teach growth-minded individuals to help them step into their sharp edges, execute on their passion journeys, and get predictable results time and time again. Go to passionstruck.com coaching right now, and let's get igniting. I talk to it through the lens of um, a concept that I created called the bee and turtle effect. Because like a turtle, similar to your long-term objective, a turtle is very slow moving and they're very deliberate about the path they're taking and, and where they're trying to go. Whereas a bee is very much concerned about the here and now, and they're taking their orders from the queen about what they need to accomplish right now in that moment that's accomplishing the objective for the, for the colony. But it's when you mirror the two of them together and one of the best examples of this is Elon Musk. You know, he's got this long-term objective of wanting to save humanity from itself. But if he just threw out there that phrase and would go talk to people about it, people would say, you're absolutely crazy. What the heck are you trying to accomplish? And so along the way, he's come up with six or seven different companies, ideas. I'm sure he's got more that he's using in conjunction to go down that path. Um, but what he is extremely good at is keeping that objective and focus. You know, I don't think he probably talks to his employees about it every day. If that's SpaceX, he's probably talking about space exploration, you know, a Tesla, probably the next generation of cars. But I think in his mind, he knows this huge objective that he's driving for yet he focuses on the daily inputs that need to make that output occur. And a good example of this is when NASA decided that it was going to abandon the space shuttle. I was having a conversation with um, a NASA astronaut named Wendy Lawrence, and I didn't really think about this, but she said when they were doing that and they were going out to bids, you were allowed to bid on the crude aspect of it and the cargo aspect of it. And Elon Musk was the only person in SpaceX that at the onset decided to focus on both, that he was going to develop something that could achieve both missions. And while it might have taken him a little bit longer at the beginning, you now see the fruits of that labor because he kept his daily activities focused on the ability to do both. And that's why they're so farther ahead right now from Boeing and some of the other folks is that he's done just what you're saying. He's perfected that long-term strategy of the turtle while he's also doing the daily activities of the bee and staying on top of those things that have to get done along the way to get there. Um, and it's amazing how often people lose that big goal and they get caught in this minutia of things that they think they need to be doing, but are not really taking them closer to their, their goals. So if you had to give someone a piece of advice, if they're kind of caught in this conundrum, what would you tell them is, is a good starting point to break themselves free of this habit? You know, I think what I would say is 
what is your big goal? And is it in alignment with getting back to where we started? Is it in line in, in alignment with your core values, your passion, meaning your drives, and your zone of genius? Make sure that is what it is. Because when you can learn to design your entire life focused on those three things, I call it what I have my clients do is create a personal mission statement. It's one sentence that aligns those three elements. And when you create your business around your personal mission statement so that they're all in alignment, it helps create this North star. And you know that as long as you stay true to that, it keeps you on the right path. So, you know, with a lot of businesses, I see them focusing on, you know, this, we need a new revenue stream. We don't know what to do. And then they'll go and start something totally different that they're not skilled at. And, and it takes away the focus so that the thing that they should have doubled down on, they aren't paying attention to. And then everything just kind of spread all out and it's not, it's a mess and their staff doesn't know exactly what to do. But when you can have your big North star be in alignment with those elements, it makes it easier to stay focused because then you just keep on asking, is this, is my decision going to help us get towards this North Star? Is it aligned with my passion, my mission, and who I am? It just makes it clearer and easier. And when you have that in your back pocket, you always know that everything is driving towards that mission. It makes it a lot easier. So when it comes to big decisions, you know, as a CEO, as a leader, you have to be very gifted and, and strong at making big decisions. And as long as you have that parameter of, okay, so when I make this decision, is it in alignment with the mission, the personal mission statement and our big objective, or is it not? That makes it a lot easier to make the right choice. Yeah. And what's one thing that you've removed from your life, you know, it could be a habit activity, something else that has made you more productive and how you operate today. Yeah. So we have a number of businesses and um, we have the one business that we've had for 25 years and I hate that business. I hate that business. Like that's a whole nother story. Um, But what I have trained myself to do is to own, is to have people in place. Luckily, we're in a situation where we have staff, but to have people in place that are very good at what they do, that and so that they can deal with the elements that I don't want to deal with, so that I can stay in my zone of genius, which is on vision and on marketing, and stay there eighty percent of the time. And so, anything that doesn't fall into that category, I either delegate. Or I really take a long, hard look at it to decide, is this something I should be focusing on? And if it is, how much time am I going to allocate towards it? So that's, that's really what I have set up. Um, and it was very intentional. You know, I have systems in place. I have the right people in place. And I'm, I know what my zone of genius is. And I also am super clear on what is not my zone of genius, what my weaknesses are. And that helps us move forward much, much quicker with a lot less headache. And the other big part is that it saves my brain power because when we're focusing on things that we don't like, um, that are not in our zone of genius, it sucks out that brain power. It makes us tired. So we don't have the energy 
to put into the things that really matter, like we talked about on staying focused on where we're going. Well, I think Facebook's a great example of that, where there are things that I think Mark Zuckerberg is very good at. And for him, the daily operations and the operational aspects of running the company are not. So, you know, he brought in a phenomenal COO to help him do that. And I think if Joe Sandberg wasn't there, they wouldn't have ever achieved the success that they have. And I think it's the mixture of both and knowing what time it is to hire your weakness, something that Sarah Blakely and Richard Branson and others talk about uh, so much is, you know, if you keep doing those things that you're not passionate about, um, it's, it's not going to cause you to be motivated by what you're doing. So uh, you bring up a good point that you really need to fine tune where you've got the passion, where you've got the drive, where you can lead and then bring others to help you um, once you've eliminated those things that are drawing you back and that they can help you overcome and achieve. I think that's a great one. Um, How do you keep your act sharp and what do you recommend for entrepreneurs or leaders out there who might be listening that they should do? Again, it's, it's, it's focusing on my zone of genius. So the things that I really enjoy is I enjoy being creative um, I, which comes into the marketing part and I enjoy creating this vision. And so I really just play there. I try to stay there 80% of the time. And as long as I do one, it keeps me sharp on it. It keeps me aware of it, but I'm always looking for new education on it. I'm going through a program right now called zero to, um, gosh, what is it called? It's by Stephen Kotler who wrote the book Bold with uh, Peter Diamantes, Zero to Dangerous. Yeah. Um, And they actually wrote three books together. But Stephen Cutler, he's amazing. He talks about flow. And I'm big on that. I'm all, you know, anything with mindset, anything with brain power and neuroscience and neurobiology, I'm like, I geek out on that because I know that that is really important to creativity and on vision and on moving forward in that element and in you know marketing because you need to be creative. And so I'm always looking for podcasts, for programs, for interesting people that aren't aligned with, with that. So that's that is how I keep my my act sharp is um, is by learning from others because once you start thinking you know it all, that's when you start you, you're missing out on so much. And so that's that's what I do. Yeah, I think that aspect of being a constant learner is one of the most important things that that you can do, because especially today, where there's so much at our fingertips on the internet, or people that you can reach out to, there are always ways that you can learn to be better and do things that you didn't think were humanly possible that you can now achieve, whether that's figuring out a way to be the best smoke cooker in the world, or whether that's someone who doesn't really understand marketing, but needs to understand SEO. There's so much content that's out there that being a constant learner can help you to become. Along these lines of entrepreneurs and ones that you've worked with, what are the things that you look at in a good entrepreneur and what are red flags that you find in a potentially entrepreneur who you think may fail? 
Yeah. You know, before I answer that question, I want to back up on what you were just mentioning. Um, because one thing that, that I have learned through this flow program is that our daily actions, they may feel non-consequential or that they're not really getting you somewhere. And so this is something I see a lot with entrepreneurs is again, getting, they feel so busy being busy that they miss the point. But it, when you are really focusing in on developing yourself and back to your question of, you know, what do you do to keep your act sharp? It was little things. I would listen to podcasts every single morning. And you know, when I was getting ready, I would listen to podcasts or if I had to go, I, I go from Northern California to Southern California quite a bit on drives. And I would listen, I'd have it all lined up the podcast that I wanted to listen to. And I would listen to it and I'd be so inspired. Um, or I also, you know, make a point of working out. But what I'm saying is these things that you do, the reading that you do, the studying that you do, doing the research on the internet, it's a compounding effect. And so even though you might not see it in a week or in two weeks or in a year, if you stick with it, you will start to see it pay off. And so that's really another big point for entrepreneurs is don't worry if you're at at level, if you feel like you're at level A, keep on working, do small bites. It does not have to be something huge, but do small steps all the time. And then you will start to see things start to blossom and dots will start connecting and things that didn't make sense before all of a sudden make sense. Have you noticed that John with, with people that you work with or with yourself? Well, I think that there's this natural rush that people have that they think that they want to achieve all this greatness or this wealth, this success, literally overnight. And what I have learned myself and what talking to literally hundreds of other leaders has taught me is there's no shortcut to doing the hard work. Um, And for me, you know, when you're doing these constant activities, they always are a signal to me that I need to make changes because the times that I have been most successful in my careers are the times where I literally have spent the least amount of time doing it. And it's because, you know, I had, I had done hard work to reach a point, but after a while, you don't need to work that hard. You need to work smarter. And I think, so many people think that by, you know, having to put 16, 18 hours in a day doing all this stuff where they're in this constant churn, having to be at all these social things after it, I find that they're really doing themselves a disfavor because they're not oftentimes spending the time that they need to be doing on critical thinking and really strategizing and honing in on the actions that they need to be taking that are getting them closer to this dream instead of doing the minutia of activities that are basically keeping them at parallel to where they, they really want to go. Um, Again, I I use this concept. I did a previous podcast episode on it called visionary arsonist. You brought it up earlier in the interview as being self sabotaging. They're basically one and the same we end up being an arsonist to our own vision because we do so many self-sabotaging activities that we disrupt the very vision that we're trying to bring about. And I've seen this happen so many times, whether it's in a corporate environment, 
an individual, an entrepreneur, where you've got this vision, but because of your own actions of playing the game of pinball back to that and, and allowing the game to play you instead of you playing the game, we end up burning down all these potential dreams, passions, and things that end up not coming to fruition because we don't keep the main thing, the focus and doing activities and taking actions and making choices and overcoming fears that truly are focused on solving that problem we were meant to solve. Totally agree. And, you know, to that point that you're talking about is it's so important to take a breath and to, to give yourself some space because that is what's going to move you forward. That's what's going to create the momentum and help you really persevere is being able to take that break so that you have a mental, so your brain can just relax a bit. And it's not always taxed. You know, a lot of, like you said, a lot of entrepreneurs, we see them running, 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 but they're doing themselves a disservice when they can back off and they make time, you know, they schedule it and make time just to go do something totally different. Go walk, go take a walk, um, go just go be with friends, go do something that has nothing to do with business because then you can come back with your sharp ax and you can get, you talked about strategy. You're going to be much more focused. You're going to be much more creative and you're going to be able to really think about the right strategy for your business that will make a much bigger impact than when you're taxed out and you're just busy being busy. So I think that's, that's another way to think about what you're talking about is strategy is huge for business, but if you don't have the energy for it, you're not going to be as effective. And so that's one thing, getting back to your last question that I see with entrepreneurs all the time, especially when they're in startup mode, they're so busy, but really we need time to kind of just break away from it because then we can come back stronger. Yes. And, and I think the other mistake that entrepreneurs make specific to that question is um, I have a concept called the mosquito audit, and I don't think that they audit out those things that are holding them from achieving their dreams enough. Because in order to do this audit, you're, you're having to remove activities, habits, people, influences, really hard things that you oftentimes don't want, want to have to deal with. Because some of these may be removing friend groups. They may be removing influences such as, you know, it could be a drinking pattern or it could be a drug pattern that they've come into, or it could be the habit of, you know, having, you know, drinks at night instead of taking some nights off where, you know, they might be able to have dinner and then come back. And to your point, think about things with a new lens because they've taken some time off, but are now still alert. But I think so many fail to do some of that hard work by auditing out those things that have the potential from keeping them from their dreams and then reprioritizing and refocusing on influences, people, activities that will get them closer. So that would be my advice on the same, on the same topic. Yeah, I love that. And just kind of being aware, you talked about, you know, friend groups and, and who you're hanging out with and negativity. You know, there's certain people this, you know, just because I've been studying this for so long, I'm, I'm hyper aware of personality styles and um, 
people's energy, people talk about it a lot of times, like that they're around somebody and it just sucks the energy out of them. And often it's about negativity. You know, the people that are focused on politics and bringing up all the negativity with it and, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And that zaps our energy. And so just being aware of that and, and doing that audit, I have had to cut off, cut off certain relationships because that's what was happening is I saw this negativity and it's like, no, that's, you can feel it. You can feel when you're around someone who has that negative aura around them. And, and in order to really live a fulfilled life, like you've talked about, and, and I think we're talking about peak performance. It's not, we're not just talking about having a business. We're talking about really getting to a level where you are on this vibration where everything's in alignment and it takes a lot of focus a lot of accountability and a lot of work to get there. And that I feel like if we really dig through what we've already, this whole conversation, that's what it's about. It's not about being the same. It's not just keeping status quo. It's about reaching a certain level of success. And what you're all about, John, and what I'm all about is creating a life and a business through business that is about passion and is about our core values and what drives us and, and makes us tick and what, you know, where all of that. And so in order to do that and to stay focused on it, you have to really do the things that you've talked about is cut out those that take you off your path and, um, and bring you down. Well, I've got a funny question to ask you um, on these same lines. So what uh, Albert Einstein, Oprah Winfrey and Lindsey Vaughn all have in common? <laughs> well, they're all high achievers. They're all high achievers and they all put quantum mechanics and physics through the use of vibrational energy to their best use. All three of them, along with countless others, are huge advocates of the law of attraction and how vibrational energy you know, Albert Einstein, quantum physics, um, impacts your success rates. And if you surround yourself with negativity and those things of vibrational attributed to negativity, that's what you're going to bring into your life. But if you choose to operate on a different spectrum, one of positivity, you will attract a completely different thing into your life. And so I thought it was pretty uncanny that you brought up vibrational energy. Um, and I actually have that episode coming out tomorrow on the power of vibrational energy and how the law of attraction can make or break your career. Um, so yeah. thank you for that, that plug you did that you didn't even know you were doing. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> totally unscripted. Um, um, for those listeners who are out there who would love to get a hold of you and learn more about your company, what are the best ways for them to go about doing that? Well, the easiest way is just go to Midori at fuelthefire.co. Um, .co. That's my direct email. Um, but you can always find me on, on social media. I'm at Midori Verity. I'm everywhere. And it's, yeah, so you can reach me all over the place. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm everywhere. Okay. Um, so the last part of our interview is a short lightning round of questions. I promise I won't be too difficult on you, but if you can <laughs> kind of come up with the first thing uh, that comes to your mind. 
Okay. Um, so in our, when we first started talking, I saw that you lived in Sonoma County, surrounded by uh, lots of wine fields. What is your favorite type of wine? Pinot Noir. I love a really good Russian River Pinot Noir. Yeah, me too. Um, why do tannins impact people um, so much? I don't know the science behind it, but I do know that's what gives you a headache. Um, but yeah, there's something in, in tannins that, that do impact how you feel the next day. But I will tell you, John, there are wineries that make tannin-free wine and there's some really good ones now. So you can be on the lookout for those if you do get headaches from wine. I think it's an allergy, quite frankly, is, is what I've heard is that tannins, there's an allergy that certain people have to it. Yeah, I find uh, with many cabs anymore, I can't even drink them because of the tannin content. So I'm always looking for those uh, that don't have them in it uh, so so I can try to avoid that. Um, What relationship for you has made the biggest impact on your success? Mm, Oh, gosh, I, I don't know that I can say it's just one, but I will say there was a gentleman that I met you know, I think I said earlier in this conversation that we have a business that we've had for over 25 years and I hate it. And that's what spurred me to go off on my own and start become my own entrepreneur separate from my husband. Um, and I went through a depression. We're not going to go into that right now, but I did go into a depression and I didn't know what to do. And I felt stuck in that business. And I went to a convention where I met this gentleman named Doug Bench. And he taught me about neuroscience. And what it did was it gave me what neuroscience and neuroplasticity taught me is that we all by ourselves have the control. We have the power. We have the ability to change the way that our lives are. It's no one else's fault. It's no one, no one else has that control, but we do through our mindsets and our and our brain power. And once I learned that, that shifted everything in my world. Every single thing in my world, I became more positive. I started these other businesses. That's where I learned about, um, you know, how to how to have a growth mindset and everything else. But I would say that one person, um, Doug Bench, Doug Bench, who was a big fat flirt at this um, convention that I went to, but he was so much fun and he taught me about neuroscience, and that was a pivotal moment for me. Probably the most pivotal. Pivotal. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so if you were selected to the space program and they gave you the option that you could pick a mission to the moon or a mission to the Mars, which one would you pick? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, the funny thing is I get totally motion sickness, so I don't know, but I would probably pick Mars just because there's less known about it. Um, and I would be, want to be part of new discoveries there. Okay. And if you got to Mars and you had the opportunity granted upon you to establish one law or rule for civilization on this new planet, what would you pick? Mm, I would say kindness that people, that would be, that would be part of our mantra is to be kind to one another. Um, and help out others as you can. Yes, um, I am taking an FSU course uh, right now 
Um, and every single time the class gets together, we have a kindness coach who comes in and gives us a 30-minute uh, presentation on the importance of, of kindness and how it uh, can bolster your job. And it's ironic uh, for those who've gone through uh, PTSD treatment when you take cognitive processing treatment uh, and you get into kind of the final states of empathy and um, it's the word I'm looking for, but you get to the final chapters of intimacy and empathy emotions. Um, they get you to start doing um, words of kindness to others every single day and keeping a log of it. So there's absolutely something about saying something kind to someone else, which makes you appreciate and love yourself more and, and the attributes that you have. So I'm going to end on a softball question for you. So it's your last meal that you get to have. What dessert would you pick with it? Oh, simple. That would be a maple old fashioned donut, which I never allow myself to have, but that's when I die and I go to heaven, my world's going to be surrounded with maple old fashioned donuts. I've never had one, but I'm going to have to try that. We've, we've got a donut here where they take a croissant and they fry it and they turn it into a cronut. And those are pretty darn good as well. I can only imagine. Maybe those well, will be my heaven too. We'll see. Well, you've been such an amazing guest and thank you so much for your words of wisdom and for spending time with us here today on the Passion Start podcast. It was truly a joy to have you. Thank you. I enjoyed our chat and thank you for having me as a guest. Oh, you're very welcome. I so much enjoyed having Dory on the show today. And we talked about so many different topics that we were aligned on. And I want to use this outro as a time to talk to you about where you can get some of these. So during our episode today, we talked about some topics that I've done individual shows on along the way. One of these is on the concept of being a visionary arsonist and how we self-sabotage our own visions, our own career, our own passions in so many different ways. You're going to want to grab that podcast episode. And then we talked about vibrational energy. In a recent episode, I recorded on the importance of the law of attraction and how using the law of attraction can either take you closer or further away from your dreams. Because vibrational energy impacts those wanting to help us or those wanting to push us away. And then we also talked about the internal effect and how you need to have both attributes of the bee and focusing on your short-term goal and of the turtle and that long, more audacious goal that you're trying to achieve. And then lastly, we talked about the importance of stop living a pinball life. Another podcast episode I've recently recorded. And so many of us today are getting played by the game of pinball instead of playing the game and using our focus and abilities to conquer those obstacles that the game throws at us. And I'm so thankful as always for all of you joining in on the show and helping us make passion go viral for millions of underdogs all over the world. Until next week, remember, make a choice, work hard, and step into your sharp edges. Thank you so much for joining us. The purpose of our show is to make passion go viral. And we do that by sharing with you the knowledge and skills that you need to unlock your hidden potential. If you want to hear more, please subscribe to the Passion Struck podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. 
And if you absolutely love this episode, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes and you sharing it with three of your most growth-minded friends so they can post it as well to their social accounts and help us grow our Passion Start community. If you'd like to learn more about the show and our mission, you can go to passionstruck.com where you can sign up for our, our newsletter, look at our tools, and also download the show notes for today's episode. Additionally, you can listen to us every Tuesday and Friday for even more inspiring content. And remember, make a choice, work hard, and step into your sharp edges. Thank you again for joining us.